Elon Musk is going to hate me for this. But the Teslas? No. Uh, there is a problem with the Teslas and it kind of depends on the year. I mean, I, I don't want to go too much in on the vehicles, but there are some vehicles that are not friendly for car seats. And Teslas is one of them when you have a, a kid that is forward facing or you have a kid with a high back booster because the headrest is inserted right there. So you can't take it off. Ugh. Elon Musk, I'm sorry, dude, but uh, you need to rethink about that. I don't know. Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Maria. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy and through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the answers to the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. And welcome to the show. Hey, Maria. Hey, Shelly. You were just telling me that Rambler. Rambler? Yeah. Rambler. You know, like a little rambler. Rambling man. And he gets lost in the corners of the house because he can't he see lost. very much. Now he's kind of lost in Morgan's toys. <laughs> and here I'm just trying to find his way around the house. Yeah, yeah, he's trying really hard. Thank you, Morgan. Morgan's trying to make a path for him to find his way out. How long have you had him? Almost 14 years, 13 and a half-ish. He's he's approaching 15. So it's a long time. I have a question for you. Yes, Do you have more females or more males in your family? And by family, I mean like cousins, siblings. That's a good question because my family is not very close. We're all pretty kind of scattered. And there's a lot of like half cousins and half siblings and things like that. I would say there's probably a good mix. Like, yeah, I wouldn't say there's necessarily dramatically more on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I will say that the women in my family tend to live much longer than the men though. In my family, we're mostly women. Like um, my mom had two sisters and there's like eight cousins and only one of them is male. Yeah. My mom had my mom had two sisters. My dad had two brothers and a sister. My brother and I are split. My aunt had two daughters and a son. So we're all pretty even. Kind of mixed. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say I'm like trying to think of like extended cousins and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, there's we got some girls and some boys. <laughs> it's really kind of an even mix. Well, I was reading this news story in Michigan. It, there was a baby girl born into a family for the first time in 130 years. I read that story. I thought that yes. was fascinating as well. For the first time in over 130 years, a Michigan family has welcomed the baby girl, little Audrey Clark, is a unicorn. She will um, be the first girl born to the Clark family since the late 1800s. You better treat that mama right. <laughs> I know. I, and I find that interesting considering how predominant the female species is of humanity. Like mm-hmm. did, just a, as a statistical number, there's more women than there are men, more females than males in the world. Gen- born. <laughs> that came out poorly, but I think you know what I meant. To, what I, I meant. I totally meant what you were saying. <laughs> I wonder if there's something genetic going on there. Like if yeah, I were like a, I don't know, a geneticist, I would be itching to get 
my hands on something there to, to take a look. Yes, yeah. to take a look. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was cool, but I do have our question of the week. And this week's question was submitted to us through Instagram. And if you have a question that you want Maria and I to answer on the podcast, you can DM it to me on Instagram at Shelly Taft IBCLC. And this week's question is, can I breastfeed after general anesthesia? I have to have surgery. And the surgeon has told me that I have to pump and dump after 24 hours. I for 24 hours. Make the phrase pump and dump. I hate it so much. Every time I hear that phrase come out of anybody's mouth, it makes me cringe. There are so few circumstances where you actually have to pump and dump anymore. And no, you don't have to pump and dump after general anesthesia. Yeah, that's, I think, I think what's important to remember is people who go undergo C-sections, sometimes they need general anesthesia. And if you're working with people who are, are familiar with birth and breastfeeding, like an anesthesiologist who works, you know, does a lot of epidurals or spinal blocks for labor and delivery, they're going to know that yes, you can breastfeed after. There, yeah, there's no like time limit. I mean, the only time limit being your own personal recovery and how you're feeling and what your plan is. Yeah. But I feel like other providers who don't work with pregnant and birthing women a lot, those are the ones that are saying, so it's not going to be your OB who who gives you this incorrect information. It's going to be like the surgeon taking out your gallbladder or something like that. Yeah. But I do, I, I am disappointed the number of folks who still don't know that information. Like, why don't you just know that? And it's okay if you don't know it, but you should at least know where to find out. And I, um, and I really think it's important that for the medical community, we need to start, how do I want to put this without like ruffling a bunch of feathers? You need to start educating yourself on a lactating body and what, what that means. Because most medication is safe for breastfeeding. And there are usually very few circumstances where it isn't safe for breastfeeding. And instead of saying, I'm not sure, let me find out. And also knowing where to go to find out. People just err on the side of you should just pump and dump. Or just give the baby a bottle for this amount of time. Like it's so unfriendly to the breastfeeding community to just assume that you can't because of some procedure because you're uneducated because you don't know where to ask the question and frankly i'm a little annoyed at how many healthcare providers are unwilling to say i'm not sure let me look into it for you i always say the best provider is the one who does who knows what they don't know it's true because and then people need to stop assuming that their provider knows all the answers because most providers don't. And especially in the pediatric community, unless it's a really specialized field or topic, they really aren't going to have a lot of the answers. They're going to know a little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. But they're going to have the specifics. For example, remember when we worked at the hospital that we worked at? Mm -hmm. 
And there is a big issue because moms were going for CAT scan and they're getting contrast dyes. And what were they told? You have to pump and dump for 24 hours, even though it wasn't true. Do you remember how much work it was to convince that department that they don't have to tell moms that they shouldn't be telling moms to pump and dump? I believe we had to send like actual research studies to the head of a specific team. That's how we started, but it took over a year for them to finally agree to change their policy. Well, nothing, nothing happens quickly in administration for sure. But meanwhile, for, for even after they got all that information, even after they saw, you know, the, the research showing that moms don't have to pump and dump for an entire year. There were still moms being made to pump in. That's what makes me so angry. Right. That's what makes me so angry. Um, and I do try to share with as many people as possible. The Infant Risk Center in Texas is a research facility that specializes in lactating people and medication and how those things interact in the breastfeeding community. And anybody can call them and get in touch with them and be like, hey, is, can I breastfeed while I'm taking this medication? And the reason I like them and the reason I try to refer to them, even though they're, they're still a little bit behind, it, it takes them a little bit to really catch up to the current stuff. They're still miles ahead of the general pediatric community. But it's important for people who are taking multiple medications. And I think that's really a big thing. It's really easy to kind of to be able to refer to a single medication that somebody's taking, you can Google it and find out from the National Library of Medicine whether it's safe or not. But if you're taking combinations of medicine, that's when sometimes it can be tricky. And the Infant Risk Center is a really helpful resource for families and providers. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you do call them, you want to have the names of your medications available along with your dosages. Mm -hmm. Because that's one of the questions that they will be asking. But super helpful. They're only open Monday through Friday, like regular business hours. And I do hope that someday they'll be, their call center will be open like seven days a week, but I'll take what I can get for now. Love that resource. And I'll put that in the show notes. This week, we are talking all about car seat safety with Juliana Amador. She is a mom and a national car seat certified technician. When she had her daughter, Juliana knew that there were so many questions, doubts, and a lot of anxiety around one subject, car seat safety. She found that there was no clarity or even an approachable way to learn about car seat safety for parents, and this led her to become a child passenger safety tech. Juliana is now proudly empowering parents to confidently secure their children in a car seat, all in a non-judgmental environment, because let's face it, parenthood is difficult and far from perfect. As a national car seat certified expert, Juliana has spent time with parents who want to ease their mind and heart about safely transporting their children in a car seat. Some parents come for guidance, some for reassurance, but all with one goal, their children's safety. Aside from her private consultations, Juliana stays up to date by attending webinars and CPS conferences regionally in New York and around the United States. She also participates in free community car seat checkups in New York City. She loves to educate her local community about car seat safety. Hi, Juliana. How are you? Hi, Shelly. How are you? Good. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Right. So my name is Juliana Amador. I'm a CPST child passenger safety technician, 
And I'm dedicating my life right now to educate parents and uh, child passenger safety, how to install car seats and best practices, do's and don'ts and stuff like that. The actually makes my heart happy every single time that I can approach a parent uh, about the subject. And, you know, I want to call myself, I'm saving little kids life while riding in the car seat. That's it. <laughs> and how did you get into it? Well, the funny thing is when you become a mom, it is the first time for everything. I noticed myself, I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the tools in car seat safety. And I'm telling you, the most scary ride of my life was when I was, I left the hospital and I'm going to my house and I have a little kid, a little baby, newborn baby in a car seat. And my question was, is she safe? Is the uh, car seat properly installed? Is she harnessing safely? And this and that. What happened is when you leave the hospital, you don't know anything. And when you ask the uh, nurses, sometimes they were like, yeah, you look good because they can't do anything about it. First off, they don't have the certification. And second, it's a liability for them. And I was like, no, this has to change because I need answers. I need the tools and I need to spread the word and awareness to our parents too as well because they need it too as well. So that's how all these things started. And I think it's really important because, and maybe you can tell me if this is not a correct statistics, but I've always heard that 80% of car seats are improperly or incorrectly installed. It's actually, it's actually 95. No. Oh no. <laughs> it's worse than I So it's, it's actually 95 for newborn babies and infant car seats. And then you can go to Three out of four car seats are installed improperly in the car and kids are harnessed uh, incorrectly in the car seat. So that's a staggering number that we need to tackle. So when you leave the hospital and your newborn baby, I always question myself, is she going to be part of the 95% or she's going to be on the 5% of safety of the uh, of the car seat installation? But it's, it's a high number and people don't realize. Why do you think... It, it's that way. Like, why do you think so many are in stock? Do you think it's you a know, flaw in like the development of car it seats is. or cars? Yeah. It is. It's just, I feel like we, we divide our attention to something else versus the safety because we just said, oh, it's the car seat and you're going to put it in the car and that's it, call it a day. You know, you get worried about the nursery room, the, uh, the clothes and all that stuff. And I get it. We are in that mindset of taking care of our kid and, and prepare them for coming into, into our house. But we forget the most important part is from the hospital to the house. And there is not enough resources outside in terms of make awareness of the situation. I might say that's been changing because there is a lot of CPSD that are coming into social media. And I've seen a lot of social media news and stuff like that. But however, there is a lot of work that we need to do about that. I feel like it's just a matter of time to get all things together for parents to understand the car seat safety is very important. And the other thing that I want to add to as well is that most of the instructions on how to install the car seat are not clear. Yes, you see a graphic. Yes, you can read a step one, step two, step three. But when reality is when you go to install the car seat, everything can happen wrong because the car seat is not compatible with the car, with the vehicle that you're driving. You might need to troubleshoot the car seat and you don't know how to do it. And then uh, the angle on the car seat is not properly uh, adjusted. There is so many factors that can go wrong and delay that proper installation. And parents are like, ah, now what? You know what? I'm just going to put it like this and call it a day. We shouldn't do that. Right. But and yeah. that's that's kind of like you you get that 
quote unquote message everywhere. Cause what do older generations say all the time? Oh, we didn't even have car seats and we turned out fine and, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, but it is really important. And I'm yeah. glad that there's people out there like you yeah. who can get that message across with the certification behind it, because if you ever want to start drama in a mom's group, just post a picture <laughs> of your baby in their car seat and sit back and, <laughs> and eat the popcorn and watch the drama go down. Because yeah. for some reason, it is such a touchy topic. Mm-hmm. And there are so many times when I'm scrolling through Facebook and someone's posting a picture of their baby in the car seat and you can see that the harness mm-hmm. isn't on correctly. You can see that the baby is not fitting in the car seat correctly. But you also know if you say something, you're going to be viewed in a negative light. Yeah. But you know what? That's a good point. First off, let's going to talk about a little bit of a survivorship bias. That's when we said, but we didn't have car seats in the past and you turned out fine. We, you know, that's that's something that it always it comes to my mind because I hear it and especially for older people because obviously their way was their way many years ago. But now we have new ways and these new ways are safety. And um and safer, I'm sorry. So that survivorship bias is like canceling for the people who really got injured and stuff like that in car seat um in crashes, right? And the other thing about mom groups on Facebook, I think we need to be a little more kind with our own uh, with our own uh mothers out there. Because when you put a picture of the baby, yes, you get vulnerable about it, and people is gonna look every single detail and go at it. I say, just say hi. Listen, I, I noticed something in your car seat. Uh, would you be open to some suggestions to correct the situation instead of going 10 miles per hour, blah, 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 blah and making feel that mom insecure about it and, and bad about it. And that creates a little bit of a resistance to ask questions in the future if you are unsure about your car seat installation. And that's wrong. I love that, asking permission. Before yeah. you give them the, the, the education. That's amazing. It's important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're, when you're talking about which car seat you should choose, what are some of the key elements that you, you think parents should look at? Oh, right. So there is a big spectrum of whatever car seats you're going to need because of depending of, of which stage the child is. So if you have a newborn baby or an infant, obviously you're going to need an infant car seat like they have here right behind me. And then that baby already outgrew this one, then you can move to something more like this one over here that is a convertible all-in-one. So it depends on the stage of the, your child is. So if you have an infant, so it's an infant car seat, you have a toddler, you can move to a all-in-one or a convertible one. And then if you are outgrowing that stage, then you can move your kid to a booster. And then from booster, we can go to a seatbelt installation. You know, those are the phases pretty much that the kids go through uh, from uh, infant to booster to finally seatbelt. It's actually, people don't believe it, but it's actually a process from zero years to 13 years kind of thing. So, and I said 13 years because 13 years is the age they can finally move to the front seat. They should be in the back seat until 13 years of age. So it's a whole process, it's a whole journey, and and most of the mistakes that I see is transitioning precisely from one stage to the other one, and the other one is going from the back seat to the front seat when they're not even ready for it, because seat belts are for adults and car seats and boosters are for kids. Yeah, and I think it it, it depends, like every... 
Like, well, that's like a good follow-up question. When should parents transition? Because I've heard it's by age. I've heard it's by weight. I've heard it's by height. Which one is most important? I know personally, my my youngest is very small for his mm-hmm. age, although he's finally catching up. And he was in a booster um, with the five-point harness for a lot longer than his classmates. And I ended up, when I would drop him off at school, I ended up having to kind of like drop him off down the street because he didn't want any of his friends seeing him get out of the car But, you know, it was like, I'm sorry, dude, you're just a little yeah. tiny, right? So. Mm-hmm. So when when should parents transition? Because it seems like most of the general information out there is based on age. Yeah. Where I find that the weight and the height are more important. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? I feel the same way. It's like, oh, no, my kid is already two years old, so I'm going to put a forward facing. No, we already know the rear facing is the safest position. So what I say to parents is, Max out either weight or height or your car seat instructions. You know, say, for example, my car seat says 40 pounds. And we know 40 pound kid could be a kid between three to five, six years of age, because it depends on how uh, the, the core, the growth of core of the child is, right? By height, we have taller kids. In the United States, it's, it's kind of normal to have taller kids. So I will go to max out first weight or height of the car seat, like max out those important things of your car seat, and then you can move to the next stage. Don't do it by age. Sometimes by age, the kid is not even mature to stay properly sitting in a car seat or a booster. You know, I think one thing that I see the most is when we are transitioning the kids from the regular car seat to a high back booster booster when the kids are not even mature enough to do it. So, for example, they're going to move, they see something on the floor and they're going to lay down to pick it up or they're going to start sleeping. And then the seat belt is not properly in position in the collarbone of the, uh, of the of their body and stuff like that. You know, you can't help it. Kids are going to fall asleep in the car regardless. So in booster position, I see kids that are not ready in this position and it's dangerous under it's lashing down like this and that's not okay so i'd say by weight and height regarding depending on your car seat and the maturity level or your kid that's important too and once they hit the max of one it's you transition them right they don't have to meet the max of weight and height it could be one no or no the no other. Okay. yeah it can be one or the other um uh, my daughter for example she's gonna do it by height instead of weight that she's she's a petite but she's a long kid mm-hmm. so I, I know for a fact that she is going to transition by height instead of weight can we talk a little bit more about rear facing because when i now my my youngest is 13 so okay because i've not been in car seats for a while <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I had my babies, it was rear facing until a year and then extended rear facing was this huge thing in the parenting community that people would have arguments about. And yeah. it was like, no, keep your kid rear facing as long as possible. And then the AAP recommended up to two years rear facing yes. and people were losing their minds over that. <laughs> like I'm not turning my kid back around, whatever. So I would just like to to know your thoughts about rear facing and how long to keep your baby rear facing. So we know now that we are facing is the safest position to ride the car seat, right? And the reason why is because we want to protect the head, neck, and spine on the child. So in the case of an accident, you want the car seat to create all those energies in those forces and not to touch your child and not to do an extreme force facing forward versus rear facing, you are slashing this way and the car seat is protecting you, right? So that's why we say rear facing is the most important, safest position. 
Can you do it until the child is five years of age? Absolutely. If your car seat says so, that you are still on the way or high of limits uh, for the rear facing position, go for it. You know, two years of age is like kind of the minimum because the babies or kids are mature enough to sustain a little better the forces of a crash. But still two years of age is still young. And those those little bones and those little bodies are not mature enough. They're just doing two years of age because... They saw people forward facing their kids at eight months, one year, and that's way too soon for them to be in, in a in a forward facing position. And uh, the other thing is to the recline position too as well. You know, you want to the kid sitting in a comfortable way too as well. Versus if it's too upright and the and the body is not mature enough, the kid is gonna cry, and then you're gonna be like, my kid is crying in the car seat. I don't know what is going on. Well, that's what is going on. And what about parents who say that they're afraid to keep their baby rear facing because they're worried, like the kid looks uncomfortable with their legs bunched up, or they're worried that they're going to break a leg if they do get in a car crash? No, I'm going to say something, and it is going to sound a little bit kind of raw, but you want your kid safest as possible, and it's better for your kid to have a leg injury versus internal decapitation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. What I'm saying is this, legs, kids are very flexible. They can go crisscross applesauce. They can put it outside of the car seat. They can put it on, um, on, on top of the seat and they are absolutely fine. If they are uncomfortable, they're going to find another position. They're going to put the, le- the leg over here. They're going to put it, whatever. But as long as those, as those kids are rear facing, legs are not a concern at all. So I choose my kid to have rear facing position and event in the event of a cra- of a crash, I'm sorry. I prefer a broken leg. There's something else mm-hmm. major, you know. Those you have to wait also your your uh, options here. It sounds it sounds kind of rude or raw, but it, that's the reality. Do not ever rear facing to forward facing just because the legs are uncomfortable. They're not. And I'm glad you said that because I used to say something very similar when people gave me a hard time about keeping my kids rear facing. And I would say, I'd, I'd rather my kid have a broken back than a broken neck. There you are. Yeah. You said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how can, how can families make sure that the proper installation of the car seat, like how, how do you know if your, pro- your car seat is properly installed? Where can you go to, to meet people like you? This, there is actually, you know, the, the good thing about CPSTs is that we are around United States. So we are in the 50 states of United States. You can go to safekidsworldwide.com uh, and you can find a CPST in your location area. Or you can find uh, CPSTs on social media like me, for example. You can uh, schedule an appointment and make sure that CPST is with you step by step, showing you how to harness it and how to properly install the car seat. However, I will say one of the main keys is, for example, make sure the car seat is not moving one inch side to side, up and down. The other one is the harnessing for the kid. You have performed the pinch test is when you can pull more than one inch from the harness. And at the buckle area, is it slack enough? Like sometimes, you know, there is a little slack in there. So we want that kid to snack in the car seat. And we want the car seat not moving more than one inch when it's installed in the car seat, in the, in the vehicle. Also for forward facing, it's very important to top tether the car seat to avoid in, in event of a crash, that extrusion movement 
forward facing for the kit too as well. So those little kit companies are going to make a difference for you and installation in the car seat. And when you're installing the car seat, do you advise parents to not only look at the car seat manual, but also their car manual? Yes, this is very important. Your car seat manual and the vehicle manual are best friends because minivans, minivans are, are, are family cars and they're really fun cars. However, I found, for example, the Chrysler Pacifica. Everybody has a Chrysler Pacifica. The big issue with a Chrysler Pacifica, in this case in particular, the headrest is not removable. And when you have a forward-facing kit, the headrest is going gonna, is gonna to limit the position of the, uh, the car seat. So you need to read what your car seat says about forward-facing and what is allowed in the gap and what your vehicle says about where that car seat can go to safest installation. So you might not have be able to do a second row. You might, might gonna be able to do the third row. You know what I mean? So that's when, when I said, your car seat manual, vehicle manual, they're besties. They're totally like, you need to those two companies in order for you to properly install your car seat in the car. I don't think it was until my third baby that I actually realized my car manual had a section on installing car seats. (laughs) It's funny. They do. They do. And then, and it's hard to find that information because you are browsing through like a book this big. You're like, I can't find it. Of course, because you are in the rush. But the information is there. The information, it will tell you in which location the car seat can be installed. And it depends on the car too. There is some cars that doesn't allow to the car seat to be installed in the center because they probably don't have the proper uh, anchors or the seat belt installation for it. So always, always check the car seat manual and the vehicle manual. I feel like you probably have an encyclopedia in your head of all cars and which ones suck for car seats and oh. which ones are awesome for car seats. You know are what is certain- funny? Elon Musk is going to hate me for this, but uh, the Teslas? No, I mean... Uh, there is a problem with the Teslas, and it it kind of depends on the year. I mean, I, I don't want to go too much in on the vehicles, but there is some car, there is some vehicles that are not friendly for car seats, and and Teslas is one of them. When you have a a kit that is forward facing, or you have a kit with a high back booster, because the uh, the headrest is is insert right there, so you can't take it off. It, it, so you gotta go around it, and then ugh, no. Elon Musk, I'm sorry, dude, but uh, you need to rethink about that. I don't know. Every time you, you see know. a Tesla drive up, you must be like, oh. <laughs> you have no idea because I, I I do belong to a couple of groups on Facebook where CPS uh, get together and we talk about these issues. And there is no day that I don't see a Tesla mentioned in there. It's like, I have a situation with a Tesla. I was like, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it is funny. But however, I, I I don't know, like um two months ago, three months ago, there was this news in LA, this car went down the cliff at 200 feet or something like that. And it was a Tesla. But because the Tesla, the faces of the Tesla or whatever, the Tesla, the car itself protected passengers and the kids. And the kids were properly uh, restraining a car seat. So that saved their lives. I will say that. So wow. you must, that part, you did a great job. <laughs> and that part only no just kidding <laughs> so when it comes to common mistakes we talked about making sure the car seat can't move more than an inch 
Mm-hmm. If it's forward facing to have the top tethered, mm-hmm. make sure the harness is positioned correctly. Mm-hmm. Should the harnesses come from behind and up over the shoulders or should they be above the shoulders going down? So there is two positions. If we are talking rear facing, so rear facing, the harness should be at or below, slightly below, not super deep down because then otherwise the kit is going to be crunched and it's going to be uncomfortable. So at or slightly below and for forward facing, you want it at and above. That's kind of the difference the, uh, of rear facing and forward facing. So again, at rear facing, at or slightly below, and for forward facing, at or slightly above. You don't want them over here either. You want like a slightly above, nothing crazy. Okay. What about, and again, like mama group drama is where you'll see this <laughs> a lot, is winter jackets and car seats. All right. So what happened with the puffy jackets? I know. I'm a mom too. And I'm like, oh my God, my kid is going to be super cold. Really? I mean, think about it. You're going from the house, from the door of your house to the door of your car. And it's, it's what, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. I know there is some parts in the United States that it gets really cold and the temperatures drop below zero. I get it. We got it here in New York sometimes. However, once you get to the car, take the puffy jacket off and Put your kid inside of the car seat the regular way that you should do in the hot weather. You know, there is things in the market. For example, let me see. There's one of the kind in Bumble Me jackets. They're really good for winter time. So you don't have to take the jacket off. You just leave part of the jacket and put the car, the kid inside. And the jacket doesn't interfere with the harness. So it's a, it's a good way. Your kid is still with a jacket. You can put the kid in the in the car seat, and your kid is still riding safe with the winter jacket in. Oh, which what I is love. the jacket called again? I let me see. Buckle me baby coats. Oh, okay. Buckle me baby coat. Yeah, buckle so me can, buckle I'll me link baby coats in the show yes. notes so people can find it. Yes, and um, she her story is actually beautiful. I don't want to stay away from the situation, but uh, he went to she went to Shark Tank. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you can you can learn a little bit of her, her story on her Instagram, but it's back, mm-hmm. back with me baby coats. They're yeah. really good. I used to just keep a blanket in the car. Yes. Get in the car and throw a blanket over it. And here's the thing, like as a mom of teenagers, you can do all you want to get that jacket on that kid. When they hit a teenage year, they're not going to wear it anyway. They will refuse to wear winter jackets. Totally. Teenagers no longer wear mm-hmm. winter jackets. No, no, no. And, and let me tell you something. Little kids either. I mean... Once a toddler is vocal about they like and what they don't like, they will let you know. And and the funny thing is, <laughs> I see a meme the other day. There is a mom walking in the park saying, oh, my kid doesn't want to wear the jacket, blah, blah, blah. Pretty much it's the same. You know, they don't want to wear the jacket. They don't want to feel hot in the car. And by the way, your kid can get really hot inside the car in wintertime because you are over covering them with the jacket, with the blanket and stuff like that. So my, my, my rule of thumb is the same as you are uh, covering yourself in the car, you should be the same for the kids. We shouldn't, we shouldn't either wear uh, puffy jackets while we are riding in the car as an adult. So it goes the same for the kids. So the temperature is really good. Right, right. Because, you know, you get in the in the car and you got your hat and your gloves on. And then after a while, you're taking your gloves off and you're pulling your hat off because like now the car is heating up. Yeah, exactly. Do you have any tips or tricks for those wiggly, back arching, 
resistant to getting the ones that are getting to a plank and they refuse to bend (laughs) all of a sudden they become a contortionist (laughs) you're just like where does this come from (laughs) i know those are funny because i haven't entered that stage yet and i hope i'm not what you can do is kind of you know, you have to bribe your kids on ways on how when you get to a point that you can't handle it anymore. So you have a little lollipop, go ahead, take it out. It's not going to hurt you. However, I said the best way that you can do is to involve your kid in the process of the car seat and not to make a fuss about the car seat being uncomfortable or you have to be in the car seat because blah, blah, blah. Not going that way because your kid is going to create resistance about it. Instead of that, involve them in the process of the car seat. For example, my daughter at age of one, two, she was already getting in the process. Like, okay, let's going to put the harness on. This goes over here, blah, blah, blah. So I explained the whole process for her and I give her a little bit of control. When I say a little bit of control is, this is the chest clip. Can you, can you do the chest clip for me? So a little bit of the process, it will help them to understand that it's also the safest way to ride the car and not fighting about it. Yeah, I think with anything, like giving them power, a little bit control. Yes. And yes. say can go a long way. Yes, exactly. Just like give them a not, little bit of... You're not giving the option of not being in the car seat, but you can say like, would you like to come and, you know, get into the car seat on this side or this side? Exactly. Would you like to buckle yourself or do you want me to buckle you? Exactly. I, I, I'm going to bring something up to you. There is some kids around three, four, five years of age. They learn how to unbuckle and unbuckle the chest clip too as well. And one way to remedy that is where do you want to go today? And this is, I know this is going to be a controversy too as well, but trust me, it works. Where do you want to go today? Okay, I want to go to the pool. Get ready. Let's go to the pool. Get all the stuff. Get your kit. In the, uh, in the car seat, but very clear about the expectation. Listen, if your chest clip is off because you unbuckle it, uh, we got to go back home and there is no pull today. If the kid does it, turn around and go back home, you know? So it's going to be a tantrum. The kid is going to cry and you're going to be miserable for only for 30, 40 minutes while the kid is going through the process. But I'm telling you that kid will never, never unbuckle herself and then the chest clip will never be off. So make that boundary and stick Yay. to it. Yes. Yeah. And you can, you know, depending on the age of the child too, you can you can explain like, yeah. you need to keep this clipped for your safety because I love you and I don't. And I exactly. I, I yeah. said to parents, uh, keeping your, ca- your kids safe is a love language. So express, I want to keep you safe in the car seat. It's my job to protect you. It's my job to keep you safe. And it's, it, I want you in my life. That's the reason why we are going to write the car seat this way. Plain and simple. Let's say you get into a minor car accident and, you know, your your child is unharmed or maybe even the child's not in the car seat in the car at the time. What happens to the car seat? What should you do? Bush. All right. So if you are in a car accident and you have the kid and you have minor injuries and stuff like that, please wait for ENTs to come. Keep them in the car seat with the chest clip, with buckle, everything. Just leave them in there. Don't touch them. Don't take them out. The reason why is because you don't know what happened and you can't see in the moment if there is some injury in the neck or there is injury in the legs and stuff like that. So just keep them safe in the car seat while the EMTs are coming in. If you had a car accident and your kids aren't in the car, but the car seat's wet, 
you need to check the uh, manufacturer to see what is the uh, policy on that. For example, Graco, Kiko, and Nunas, if you have minor car accidents, you have to replace your car seat. And the reason why is because you cannot see what happened internally of the car seat at the moment of the impact. So there is no guarantee that the car seat is going to work properly in another crash in the future. So that's why they said you need to change your car seat. It happened to me. We Our car was parked in the streets of New York. A car total our car and we had to change our car seat my daughter wasn't in it but mm-hmm. that's the policy of Graco's policies that you have yeah. to not all brands though so if you need that information you can go to nsa.gov nhtsa.gov and then you put the car seat brand and it will tell you what are the specifics for the car seat and specific when you get involved in a car accident Yeah. And I remember when my kids were little, we got in like a little fender, like no one was hurt. There was barely any damage to the car, but we (laughs) had to replace our car seats. Yeah. And our car insurance actually covered the cost Mm -hmm. of the new car seats. Yeah. But in that case, also, you have to be careful because I don't want this this being a misinformation. It depends on the coverage and the policy or your insurance now. I think ours is comprehensive. So it was like like 100% liability and all that stuff. So we could change the car seats. But at other insurance, if you have a lower premium or something like that, you have to check what insurance provided first. Gotcha. So it's individual. Yeah. So how does what does that mean for buying secondhand car seats? Because when I'm teaching like prenatal classes, I always say there's there's three things that you just need to buy brand new cribs, car seats, and breast pumps. You should not be getting those old or off of a yard sale or off of Craigslist. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I am saying the same page as you do not get a secondhand car seat. And I get it, car seats can be expensive. And um, but there are great solutions in the market for a lower budget car seat versus a high-end car seat is whatever you can afford to as well. But it doesn't mean that a second half car seat they will be the solution for it. First off, you don't know what is the history of the car seat. You don't know if that car seat was involved in a car accident, or that car seat was submerged in water because someone was watching it that way. So that's another part of this of the uh, car seat safety too. You don't know if that car seat the car seat expired. You don't know if the car seat had any damage. If you see like the plastic is already getting bristle about it, like has white parts, that car seat is like a no go because that means the plastic is either old or it got uh, into a car accident and then it extended. So the car seat is not good. So second-hand car seats are a big no from our CPSDs because they are not safe. There is no way to confirm the history of that car seat in particular. And I listen, I belong to another mom groups too as well. And I see it. I have this beautiful car seat if someone needs it. Sometimes I keep my mouth shut because I don't, I don't want to stir too much controversy over there. But I reach internally to parents and try to educate about second-hand car seats. Do not get a second-hand car seat, especially for marketplace, offer up, garage sales, flea markets. Please don't. As an experience, I have one car seat one time with a label on top of the um, uh, modern number, serial number, and expiration date. And when I peel it off, the car seat, what expires, they, what it is, just they print something up and put it on top. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another good point is car seats expire. Yeah. I think that's something a lot of parents are surprised to learn. Yeah. Most of the lifespan of a car seat is around eight to 10 years. It depends on the brand too as well. But the average is eight years. 
I usually take one year down because if the car seat has been for many years in the car, you have to take in consideration summertime, wintertime. So they spanked and contract, spine and contract, and then we are in there. So my car seat for Vivian, I'm pretty sure it's going to last one year less because of that wear and tear used daily for the uh, for her. Going back to a comment that you made um, when you were talking about, you don't know if someone has submerged it in water to clean it. So what are some do's and don'ts around maintaining and cleaning your car? Because it's going to have to be clean, right? Yeah. These are babies. They're going to projectile poop or projectile spit up and you're going to need to clean it. And it's going to be hell. I just remember, of course, this is 12 years ago when I had my babies. So car seats were different back then. It was like not an easy process. Yeah. To clean and it still the car is seat. not. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm going to say it still is not. Yeah. We got them better. Yes, absolutely. Because car seats and the manufacturers now are taking that in consideration. So they are creating car seats with washable fabrics. So you can, you know, take them off and put it on the washer and put them back in. However, you have to keep in mind what kind of soap or detergent are you using. Do not use any harsh chemicals like Clorox, you know, and stuff like that. Stay away from that. Read your car seat manual because the instructions on how to clean your car seat is right there. For each car seat, there is a different process how to clean it. So it depends on the car seat that you have, uh, but don't submerge your car seat in the water. There is actually a TikTok video going around. And every time I see it, I swear, I'm like, TikTok. Because (laughs) listen, I don't know what's going on with TikTok, but it's so many, so much bad information in there. I don't know. I try not to. Same thing. It's just. (laughs) So is this woman submerging a crack of car seed in a, in a bathtub, right? And then she's going to add vinegar and baking soda and lime and trying to clean it. And I'm like, no. Nah. And the reason why is because once you submerge the car seed in the water or the bottom part of the car seed, you don't know what is going on inside. You're going to have rusty parts. They're not going to work. They're going to break in the crash and they're not going to make, they are not going to do the job they are supposed to. So don't, don't spread it with water. And actually, I'm going to tell you my honest mistake before becoming a CPS team. My daughter threw up in the car, couldn't help it. And I got home in the rush. I got her clean. And I need to clean the car seat because we know vomit is going to smell really bad for mm-hmm. probably days. I took my car seat. I put it under the shower. So I did it. I went sprayed my car seat down with a hose after my kid puked it. <laughs> So I'm guilty too. I, I'm guilty, you know. And the thing is, that's another reason why I became a CPSC because it's like I'm a regular mom, and I and I make mistakes on the regular, you know. But when it come becomes to car seat, it's like okay, now I know better, and I need to spread this information. However, I had to be very clear too. I did those mistakes, many mistakes that could ca- have caused my daughter's life while in the car seat. I did put my car seat under the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of puke, I'm sure. <laughs> no, no, no. And kids are messy. I mean, it, you're going to, sometimes on my consultations, uh, when I doing um, uh, all-in-one car seats and stuff like that, parents feel a little embarrassing for what we found on the car seats. One time, I'm not joking, we got goldfishes, we got um, we got a little package of some kind of sweets and stuff like that, a little uh, herd thingy. And he was like, oh my God, what is all of this? I was like, I'm going to give you a tip. Get handy, always a little vacuum so you can clean your car seat. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much that you can do. 
And then going back to the the secondhand car seats, what happens if it's a is it okay if it's within the family? Like you have a baby, you know that car seat has never been in an accident. Can you use it with your second baby? Yeah. Okay. Because so, it, you are the owner. Okay. So I am the owner of my car seat and I'm going to have a second baby and I have this car seat over here. All right. Because I am the owner, the original owner, and I know the history of the car seat, it's okay to pass it on to the second child. As long as it's not expired. I can get pregos and then seven years after, I'm going to use the same car seat. Are you sure about that? You need to check the expiration date of the car seat. But if we are talking that you just have a baby and then you get pregos two years in advance in the future, you can use the same car seat. All you have to do is just reset it. Reset it meaning lower the slats, clean it, and stuff like that. But yes, if you are the sole owner of your own car seat, absolutely, you can pass it on to the second child. Great. What are some tips and tricks for traveling with the car seat? In terms of? Like if you have to fly somewhere. Oh, perfect. So (laughs) (laughs) I know it makes me happy because I I did fly with my daughter to Colombia a couple of times. Once when she was in the infant car seat and the second time when she was now in the bigger car seat with this one over here. So I'll say first. Find a car seat. The one that you have most likely is uh, okay to fly with. You need to look at the label that is um, FAA approved. Otherwise, you can't because the uh, flight attendant, it will ask you to show me the label where it says that it's approved. Second, find something light to hold around the airport. The reason why I say that, it is on car seats that have weights 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 35 pounds. You don't want that. You want something light. Then it's easily put it on the uh, on the uh, seat of the airplane, and it's also good that you need to practice how to install that car seat once you get to your destination too, because that's another issue. Rental car sometimes they offer rental car seat. Please don't. It is it's, it's a mess. It's a hot mess with the rental cars and car seats. Please don't take your own. Take this advice for reals. And going back to flying with the car seat, it depends on the position of your baby. You can install your car seat rear facing or forward facing. If the flight attendant give you a deal for it, be ready. Print out the FAA rules about car seats. Find out what the airline says about uh, the policies flying with the car seats and get ready. Also, be nice to the flight attendant. Because if you got them in your pocket, they're going to be nice to you. And the most likely they will help you with installation of the car seat, which is pretty much easy. It's not that hard putting the car seat on the airplane. I'm glad I asked you that question because I just learned a lot that I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I never traveled with my kids. I was always too broke when they were that No, I, I did. I did. Uh, I, this is Vivian's car seat. Actually, this is a Graco contender slim and it's, it's not heavy. It's like 15 pounds and I have a, a, holy, a card holding thingy. So I just mm-hmm. go through the airport with her. It's, it's no big deal for me. I kind of like it though. I say the other thing is you need to relax in the process because pick uh, kids pick our, our energy and they, they feel like we are anxious about it. Uh, we are stressed about it. They're going to be the same way. So make it an adventure. Make them something that they look forward to instead of something that are like, ah, we're going to the airport today with this kid and the car seat. No, make it make it something fun for them too as well. It would be a lot easier. I feel like you collect car seats the way I collect breast pumps. <laughs> you have and so many lined up behind you. 
<laughs> and I only have four, and I have my other one in my uh, in my master bedroom because I don't have a space here in the office. I live in New York. There is no. This is real estate right here taking space. Like <laughs> no, yeah. you know. But I, I I couldn't help it. This one was given away. This one is because I bought it for my daughter. This one I rescued from the streets because it expired and someone just put it out. It says free. And I was like, wait, let me see that car seat. So I rescue it. And then it's actually a good car seat. But this one is going to be workshops only. It's, it's not going to be used. And the other one over here in the back, that's the one that it was involved in uh, in the car accident. So I decided to keep it because it's still good for workshops. So. Yeah, that's why I keep them. Yeah. A funny thing is, I'm going to pick up a car seat that is 18 years old today. Ugh. I found it on the Buy Nothing group, and I saw it, and I saw the comments. Oh, I would like to have the car seat. I was like, No, that car seat is old. Blah blah blah. It it is so old that it's considered vintage on the CPSD's world. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a couple of breast bumps like that too, from like ah. the <laughs> So this this has been amazing. I learned a lot and I think our listeners appreciate all the information that you were able to give. <laughs> Where can they connect with you and find you? I know you do consults. Do you do them only in person? Do you do virtual mm. ones as well? No, that's that's is a beautiful thing about what we do. We can do it virtually or we can do it in person. In person, obviously, because I'm in New York City. So I do Queens, Brooklyn, um, and the Triborough area, including New Jersey. But if you need me virtually, we can do absolutely a virtual consultation and it will take the same amount of time and it will give you the same information as we are having one-on-one. And people sh- can just go to your website Yes, for that. They can I go like your to, website, by the way. Oh, thank you. I did yeah. it on Canva. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Canva for the win. You can find me on my social media, Car Seats and More, mm-hmm. either Facebook or Instagram. And then you have the link on my bio and it will direct you to uh, the services and the website. Yeah, and you've got a lot resources. of resources here, like yes. car seat recalls, how to recycle your car seat, registering your car seat. This is mm-hmm. awesome. So yeah. I'm definitely going to link to that in the show notes. So oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, what else? Uh, something, now that you talk about registration, that's something that I don't want parents to miss. Please register your new brand car seat in case of any recalls, the company will reach out to you right away. Perfect. It's important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Shelly. It's been a pleasure. This was a great talk. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaftIBCLC.com, where you can check out more options for support through pregnancy and beyond, including the Baby Pro Bistro, our parenting community. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaftIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes to help our episodes reach more parents like you. Thanks for listening.